Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Check out our blog at DIYMoney.org. That's DIYMoney.org. Now, enjoy this episode. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to DIY Money with your host, Quintetro. And Daniel Zolno. This is fun. I got to tell you, I'm excited, Daniel. I am super excited about this podcast. Are you pumped? I am pumped. I'm pumped because it seems like the traction is, is off the charts. I mean, we just got picked up on Spotify. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher, maybe you are listening to this on Spotify. Uh, but if you do listen to Spotify, which apparently a lot of people do, full disclosure, I own the stock, S-P-O-T. Um, and I have a feeling that they're going, it's a very qualitative uh, play for me. Um, I have a feeling they're going to do, they're going to own this podcasting space. It's a good interface. It's my User opinion. friendly. Yeah, my kids love it. Uh, I passed on the last two or three stocks that they were interested in, and that was dumb. Shouldn't have done that. But anyways, uh, it's getting some traction. Thank you all. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for giving us the reviews. How do you give reviews on Spotify? Is that a possibility? I don't know yet. I don't either. We'll uh, find out. But give us a review. iTunes is still, I think, the predominant player. So if you are listening on iTunes, um, please give us a review. It is. I know it takes a couple of minutes, uh, but it would just be a tremendous help for us. Give us, uh, you know, five stars. Give us a review, and and their algorithms help to uh, help us to find the, you know, help others people find the podcast. So we we really appreciate that. All right, Daniel, um, we want to pick up from the very first podcast that we did, uh, which was seems like an eternity now. It does. It was like two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> we had a question for Brittany. Brittany uh, wrote in and said, "Hey." I want to develop this budget, but how do I do it? And we talked about the the step prior to developing a budget. Everybody wants to sort of, hey, let's get a budget. And and I understand that idea, but that's like kind of waking up one day and saying, hey, I want to run a marathon and try to go out and run 26 miles. It's not going to happen. All right. There's steps before running a marathon. Is that a pun? There's steps before oh, running. Oh, I didn't catch it. Yeah, actually, it was, it was a fun. <laughs> it was a good one. Welcome to DIY. Money. Boom. All right. Uh, and so we talked about tracking the money and really starting the process by which um, you you know where your money is going. And we talked about, hey, March one is coming up, or the beginning of the month, depending on when you're listening. Is the beginning of the month? It's a great time to do it. Great time to start tracking your expenses. And then we said, hey, we'll revisit in the future the next step. So let's revisit that now, Daniel. So Brittany has been tracking. It's now the halfway through the month. Maybe it's near the end of the month. She's been tracking the expenses. She's got a good handle on this process. I don't say she has a good handle on the money yet. Maybe maybe she's you know certainly getting a better handle on it. But she's been tracking. Now, now what is the next step for her to do here? Yeah, so she she now has the the data of where her money has been going. So what's going out, and this is important on two fronts. On the first front, uh, she is now going to know what are the uh, essential, necessary expenses that have to be line items in the budget. So your rent or your mortgage, uh, your utilities, what those are coming in at. Most people, uh, you know, they they auto pay those, so they don't really have no idea. They fluctuate all the time, so, so they don't have that average. Uh, but now that you've been monitoring, uh, you have that available to you. Uh, you also know some of like the really random ones uh, that have to be built into your budget, like uh, the trash bill or 
maybe there's internet, cell phones, things like that, that you just uh, couldn't think of off the top of your head. So you now have those. You also have, what are the things that you've been spending money on mindlessly? And this is probably the most important because now as you go to start creating your budget, you can start to make real qualitative decisions on whether or not those things are important to you. So when you sit down to make your budget, there's no hard and fast rule that you should spend uh, X amount on Starbucks coffee and no more, uh, or you should spend X amount on a gym membership and no more. Some of these things are going to be qualitative to you. But now that you have the data in front of you, you can sit down and go, wow, is it really that important to me? Uh, to have a cup of coffee every day? Or is this particular gym versus the YMCA this much more important to me? Does it offer something? So you can start to, uh, whether that's with yourself or your spouse, start having those discussions because you have the data in front of you. I'm not going to say this is for everybody, um, but I'm going to relay precisely what I do. In fact, I'm looking right now at my Google Sheets that I have kept for years. Uh, in fact, I have 7,700 uh, rows, <laughs> 7,700 items that I have put in into the Google Sheets. I have hidden uh, ca- uh, row two through 7,770, uh, and I'm literally only looking at the, the month of February. But this is one reason why I feel it's really important. We talked about with Brittany in the first podcast that while there are a lot of apps out there, I don't feel that that that's doing justice to the work it will take for you to get a hold of your money. So, for example, if you go to Kroger and you pick up, uh, let's say, your prescription and you pay for it, the apps that I have tried in the past— would immediately say, okay, you're at Kroger. We identify that as a grocery store. That's part of your grocery bill, and you go on. But it wasn't. It wasn't part of your grocery bill. It was part of your medical or your healthcare area. Or how about your, you know, your Starbucks? And so I don't, they might categorize that as personal or, you know, some kind of, uh, I don't know even know what they what they call it, but for me, when I go to Starbucks alone, uh, that's part of my allowance. I have that as part of my allowance area. If my wife and I go and we spend five bucks or ten bucks at Starbucks, I put that as entertainment. So I feel that it's really important to be doing this on your own in some form or fashion, so you're in control. You're not constantly fighting with what the app is telling you or what the system is telling you. So this is what my tracking sheet looks like, and I'll share with you what, what, as Daniel alluded to, sort of the next step after you've been successfully tracking. The very first column, I have the date. It's very simple. The next column, I have, it says at the top, check number or debit card. So This is if I do write a check, and believe it or not, there still are some things that you have to write checks for. You know, you you, you sent 10 bucks to the kid's school. Uh, You made a a, a donation to somebody, you know, that was doing something, Uh, whatever. I I mean, so I put the check number in there. If it's a debit, I put a debit. If it's online, I, I put online. So just just so I know, and and this is this is more from a record keeping standpoint. Somebody goes, oh, I never got that that payment. And I look back, well, that's odd. On March third, 
uh, I went ahead and I, I know that I paid that online through my bank. So then I go to my bank and I look and I say, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I should have gotten it. Okay. The next column down, I put the description. So what it is. Uh, in this in this area, I will put not the not the description of you know the category, the entertainment, the miscellaneous groceries, etc. This is who it's being paid to, or the vendor, if you will. So Kroger, uh, I have things in here like Panera, Walmart. Um, I have let's see, my son's swimming <laughs> club, uh, Columbia Gas. I have uh, Fandango. I bought some tickets to the movies the other night. They were five bucks, by the way. That was awesome. Nice. Tuesday, five bucks. Boom. Okay. Uh, so I have that in the description area, and then the next column over to the to the right is the debit amount. Is the amount by which I spent, and that's pretty simple. So I, if I spent twenty seven fifty, I'll put twenty seven fifty. If I spent you know, 3245, I put 3245 in there, et cetera. Okay. I have a couple other columns in there that we don't need to discuss about today. I reconcile this against my bank account. This is actually how I balance my account. I, I balance my checkbook this way. So I have a couple columns in here that help me to know, hey, have I reconciled this against my bank account um, and, or have I not, et cetera. And that's another topic for another day. But finally, on the right, I have the category. So, Brittany, by now, you've been tracking your expenses. And what we told you not to do, or we didn't even mention it, is at this point to not be categorizing these expenses. Now's the time to start categorizing them. So if you've been tracking them for the month, now's the time to create a new column, write it in your piece of paper, whatever, however you're tracking it, and start to write down where you think these things are going to go on your budget. So I, I'm just, again, glancing. I have, I have tithe right at the top, okay? I mean, we are a firm believer. My wife and I, we sort of live on the 10, 10, 80 principle. We give 10, we save 10, we live on 80. And so right off the top, I have a tithe. And so that's my category right off the bat. Underneath that, looks like my first one was entertainment. <laughs> so it looks like I took my wife to lunch. We had lunch at Whole Foods, uh, and I have entertainment. Then I have a miscellaneous. And this is the area where we probably lump in all of the ancillary things that I think if you started to categorize them, it'd be overkill. So, you know, we, it looks like I got a bottle of wine. I know exactly what that is. Rite Aid 1059. That's, that's my wife's favorite <laughs> gnarly head Cabernet wine. I put it under miscellaneous because you know what? We might buy a bottle of wine every now and again. Uh, I'm not going to create a wine category. That would probably That'd be, be bad. Uh, underneath that, I have grocery. Um, uh, underneath that, I have sports. Underneath How many categories do you have in total, you think? So if I look, again, the next spot would be the, the budget. And if I look at the budget, it looks like I have, and just doing a quick calculation, I have about 15 categories. Okay. 17 categories, actually. Uh, 17 categories. Now... My wife and I are fortunate we don't have a mortgage. All right, we paid off our, our mortgage, so I don't have mortgage. I have some accruals on there, which we'll talk about next show, right? Mm -hmm. Budgeting mistakes. But at this stage, the objective is to be categorizing your expenses so that you can start to create on another paper, or in my case, another tab, the actual budget. And so if you're mid-month or you're coming through the month and you are adding these up and you go, holy cow, I've categorized every time I went out to eat and I put it as entertainment and my entertainment budget is, you know, in my mind, two to $300 and I'm already at $400, that's a problem. Holy cow. 
All right, this is that process by which you're going through and going, holy cow, this is this is how much I'm spending. I thought, you know, I'd spend $50 a month in gas getting from work and, you know, the gym and whatever, and I'm already at 75. Wow, that's not good. This is the discovery process. So if you remember the very first episode, and maybe you need to go back and look at that or listen to that episode, we talked about how people sit down, and I've seen this so many times, and it happened to yours truly, with a pen and paper, and I'm going to develop a budget, and we're going to create these categories and then I'm going to put in what I think I'm going to spend and then that's going to be it until you start getting to the nitty gritty. Well, how much do I spend in grocery? How much do I spend in gas? How much do I spend eating out? And the problem is you don't know. So you might try to guess, but it becomes very frustrating. And the way you learn is by tracking it all. So now that you are tracking it, it's important to categorize it. Once you categorize it, Daniel, what's sort of the next step thereafter? Once somebody has categorized all these expenses, What's the next thing that they should think about? Categorize what they have already spent. That's correct. Yeah, the, what they've monitored. So at that point, it's time to uh, basically begin running through and kind of assessing what have you been spending in each category and really coming to terms with one, uh, is that what you want to spend? Is that what you can uh, afford to spend? Uh, et cetera, but starting to look at those categories and and making those sort of qualitative judgments on whether or not those categories kind of fit with where you want to go. And at the end of the day, if the bottom line of that uh, budget starts to be negative, you have to start making some important decisions on which categories uh, can go down so that others can go up. That's actually the next step that I have, which is, uh, and you you put it nicely, I wrote cut. I wrote cut. Assuming that the bottom is negative. Yeah. Well, assuming the bottom's negative, but also no one's going to make progress if you're even, right? So the goal of any budget is to create what we call margin, the difference between what you are spending and what you are bringing in, the difference between your income and your your expenses or your, your incoming and your outgoing, if you will. And the only way you're going to make progress from a debt reduction standpoint, from a wealth creation standpoint, is to have a margin or a difference that's positive between the two. Obviously, the first goal, many people are negative. Many people run out of money before they run out of month. And the objective is to just get flat. And that's fine. That's the case then, as Daniel alluded to, reducing and or cutting. You got to kind of look at what the needs and the wants are as well. I think at this stage, it's looking through and going, okay, I'm subscribing to cable TV, internet, Netflix, Hulu, gym membership, um, whatever else, the book of the month club, the Amazon Prime, you name it. Things should probably get cut. Yes. I, I, I mean, you can scale back considerably and... I'm not trying to patronize you, but you won't die, okay? It's not going to happen. Without your Netflix, you're going to be okay. Without your cable, you're going to be okay. But the goal is, is at least to get flat. But in order to get ahead, you're going to have to get some margin. You're going to have to get the difference between your income and your outgo to be positive. The only way you can do that is to immediately start cutting some things that are not necessary or and or increase that income. And again, that's another subject for another day. But in today's day and age, there are a lot of things that you can do to earn extra cash. There are. There's a ton of things. 
You can drive Uber. I mean, you can rent a room out in your house, my goodness, for Airbnb. You know, there's a, you can get a part-time job. You can work weekends. I mean, there's a million things you can do. We won't go down that rabbit hole, but again, there, that is an opportunity. Now, let's talk about, okay, some steps, and we'll, we'll kind of wrap this up. Now, Brittany, you've begun tracking. You're now categorizing. And once you've categorized, you just start building this budget. Okay, here's what I'm going to anticipate spending every month. And again, the goal is to immediately get yourself at least flat, if not positive. The objective certainly is to get positive, but at minimum flat. However, many people do this to start tackling their debt. And I think that's critical. But Murphy's Law says this. The minute you start to do this and go down this financially responsible path, something's going to happen to derail your progress. It's inevitable. Just get ready for it. Something's going to go out on the house. The HVAC is going to have problems. The car is going to have problems. Something's going to happen to knock you off your game. So in order for you to meet that inevitable issue without going backwards, there's a couple of steps before you start to tackle debt. And one of them I call is creating some fast cash. And I think it's critical to look around, find a way for you to gain an extra $1,000 that you can set aside in a savings account, in your checking account, that is for that emergency alone. So that's looking around your house and going, okay, it's spring. Let's have a garage sale. How about all this garbage that I don't need that I can get rid of? Get rid of it. How about, you know, a seasonal job this spring to, to make that extra thousand bucks? How about getting on, you know, udemy.com and figuring out a class you can teach at night to earn some extra, whatever it may be. The objective is to sock away a thousand bucks. You're not going to invest it. You're not buying stocks. You're not taking it to the track. You're putting away a thousand bucks so that you can meet that emergency. Once that's done, it's time to start talking about an emergency fund. The fast cash, that hurts, that helps and creates a little Band-Aid. Daniel, what are your thoughts on an emergency fund for folks as they start down this path? Well, it's going to sound uh, a bit aggressive, but typically what we like to see is two to three months of your essential living expenses in an emergency fund. Uh, prior to paying off at least your lower interest debt. Now, um, if you have credit cards that are paying, you know, you're paying 18 to 20% on, uh, there may be a discussion there around whether or not you start kind of getting a little bit aggressive on there. But your goal eventually, uh, before getting super aggressive on low interest debt and uh, big savings goals, et cetera, is going to be about two to three months of your essential living expenses. Now, when I say essential, uh, I'm not talking about things like um, savings that might be a, a line item or uh, giving if you're doing charitable giving or a lot of the highly discretionary stuff like uh, your coffee or clothing or things like that. I'm talking about the things that it would take for you to live for two to three months if a major catastrophe kind of happened. I think that's critical. And the way you're going to know how much that is is now you've been putting together your budget. You know how much money it takes to live. You know how much money it takes to live, and the objective is to create enough margin so that you can start socking money away so that you have an emergency fund. Again, I cannot stress this enough. Step number one, 
Track all your expenses. Number two, start to categorize and actually build the budget. Cut if you need. Reduce the expenses that are not necessary. Step number three, develop that fast cash. Get 1000 bucks any way you can. Make sure it's legal. Put that $1,000 away for the rainy day that comes. Inevitably, you're going to deal with some car issues. You're going to deal with an HVAC issue. Whatever it may be, it's going to be there. You don't want to go backwards. And finally, step number four, start socking away money to have two to three months in emergency funds. That is key. Then you can start tackling that debt or really pursuing your wealth development goals. All right, Daniel, that's a great subject for today. Let's wrap it up. Sounds good. All right, friends, we're wrapping up DIY Money. Again, we thank you for listening. Share it with your friends. Give us a review. And remember, the secret to wealth is very simple. Spend less than you make, invest the rest, and do so for a long, long time. Make it a great day. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to check out all that we have on the blog, DIYMoney.org. And if you haven't already, leave a review so your friends know that this is a show worth listening to.